You know, my daddy left the church because of the word of God. He was an elder in a church, a liberal church in Canada, and he got saved. My father got saved. And he went to talk to his pastor, and he said, I got saved. I'm now a born-again Christian. And the pastor said, oh, that's great. And my father said, are you a born-again Christian, Dr. Hunter? He says, no, I'm not. But we need people like that around here. So then my father said, um, I believe the Bible. I believe that God created everything in six literal days. Do you believe that, Dr. Hunter? Well, not literally. I believe that Jesus fed 5,000 men plus women and children with a little boy's sack lunch. Do you believe that, Dr. Hunter? No, not literally. I believe that God appointed a great fish that swallowed Jonah and spit him out later, three days later. Do you believe that, Dr. Hunter? No, not literally. So my father said, Dr. Hunter, let's get right to the point. I believe that Jesus Christ arose bodily from the dead after being crucified. Do you believe that, Dr. Hunter? No, not literally. So my father said, I need to find a church that does believe all those things, literally. So my daddy left a certain local church because of the word of God and the low view the pastor of that particular church had on the word of God. And so I want to just start by saying that when you have an identified message that you're consistent with, it can be a force to be reckoned with. I mean, the Bahamas, it's better in the Bahamas. Or Nike, just do it. Or Martin Luther King Jr., I have a dream. Or Billy Graham, the gospel of Jesus Christ. When a person has a focused, persistent, clear and truthful message, it is a force to be reckoned with. And God the Holy Spirit has left us in scripturated word and will of God to be the church's consistent, focused, and clear message to the world, to our culture, to our society. That is our message. The word of God is the message of this church, The word of God is the message of the true church, universal, and the word of God is the true message of our individual lives as redeemed children of God. And so whereas this Dr. Hunter would preach Sunday by Sunday from Time Magazine and not the Bible, he would preach on book reviews of certain books he found interesting and challenging instead of looking at scripture, we say this morning, that we understand it's the word of God that is our message. It is the word of God, nothing short of the word of God, nothing beyond the word of God that is the message we have as Christians, as a local church, and as the church worldwide. And so we come to Acts 13, verses four to five, and we read the following. Acts 13, four to five. So... Being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they came down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus, and when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God. There it is. They preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. What's happening here was that Barnabas and Paul were sent by the church in Antioch to preach the word of God. That's why they were sent. 
to preach the word of God. They knew that's why they were sent. They discharged the duty for which they had been sent. And in those synagogues that they visited in these various places as the first missionaries, they preached the word of God. They knew what they were to be about. You might remember that a few weeks ago now, I managed to step into the pulpit and I left my Bible with my wife in the pew where I was seated. Do you remember what I said? I said, I have nothing to say to you this morning without my Bible. I need my Bible before I can say anything to you this morning. Do you remember what I said? I said that my opinion is worth nothing. You could take my opinion and five bucks and buy a coffee at Starbucks. My opinion is worthless. But my conviction, based on what God has said, is very, very valuable. And so I say it again, that my message as a pastor is the word of God. Our message as a church is the word of God. And the church worldwide is caroling the message of the word of God. And I want us to see some points about the word of God in these verses that follow. Because in Acts 13, 4 through 12, we're going to see a few things about the word of God. The first point we're going to see is that these uh, missionaries proclaimed the word of God. That's the message. Again, 4 and 5. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. And from there, they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. So they proclaimed the word of God. That was the message. That was the evident message they had. That was the welcomed message they shared. Now, it was confirmed that the word of God was, in fact, their message by two reports we see in the text. We see in verse 7 that somebody named Sergius Paulus knew that these chaps had the word of God, and he wanted to hear the word of God. Verse 7, who was with proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man, This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. They were proclaiming consistently and in a focused way the word of God such that the pro-counsel, an intelligent man who wanted to hear the word of God, he knew who to summon to talk to, Paul and Barnabas. The second evidence in the text that the word of God was the missionary's message was that Sergius Paulus, was amazed by the teaching of the Lord, it says in the text, another way of saying the word of God, when the Apostle Paul introduced God's judging work to blind the unbelieving magician who we'll meet in these verses. Let me take you down to verse 12. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. The teaching of the Lord is the word of God, the scripture. They were there in those places, heralding, preaching, proclaiming the word of God. That was their only message. And this intelligent pro-council governor wanted to hear the word of God. He knew how he would hear the word of God. He asked the heralds of the word of God to have some time with him. And then... 
when they brought the judgment of God upon a magician that he'd been keeping company with the proconsul, and the magician was blinded by God, the proconsul believed in the God of the word and the word of the God because the message of God had been heralded by the missionaries of God. You know that very few people are neutral about the word of God. Very few people have no opinion about God's messages found in his word. The word of God I have experienced either makes you extremely glad or it makes you extremely mad. It makes you glad if you understand that you are to obey the principles of the God who's made you and redeemed you in Christ. It makes you mad if it cuts across your lifestyle and you want to be your own God, the ruler of your own life. The word of God is somewhat of a lightning bolt when it comes to these kinds of things. So working our way now through the passage, I want to see five things that the passage shows us about the message of the word of God. It's relevant to us because the message of our church is the word of God. And so what we're going to see that happened in response to the word of God in the first century is going to teach us about what to expect about the response for the word of God in Nassau in 2023. Let me overview them first. Some wanted the word of God. That's motivation. Some resisted the word of God. That's mistrust. Those who resisted the word of God perverted the word of God. That's manipulation. Those who perverted the word of God were judged by God. That's malvolence. Malvolence. And those who believed the word of God were amazed. That's marvel. Let's take these one at a time. First, some in the true story we're reading about wanted the word of God. That's motivation. Verses 6 and 7. Now, when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. The proconsul, the governor, wanted the word of God. He was motivated to get the word of God so he could understand it and respond to it. Now, a proconsul is maybe a word that's new to us. That was a Roman official who served as a governor over a certain portion of a Roman province. He was a governor. He was a man appointed by Rome to govern certain portions of Roman territory. And it says in the scripture that he was an intelligent man. He was an intelligent man who had political power and a spiritual hunger. He wanted to hear the word of God. He didn't want to rest only in his intelligence, nor in his status and standing in the society. He wanted the word of God, and he knew who to ask for to get the word of God. I want to be a pastor that people know that when they get me, I'm going to share the word of God with them. Not my opinion. I want you to be a congregation that when people want to know what the word of God says and the difference it should make in a life, that they could speak to any one of you and you could tell them what the word of God says about whatever and show them that you're seeking to live that out in your life. We're Calvary Bible Church. Bible is the middle of our name. 
So this intelligent man with political power wanted to hear the word of God. I love it when it says at the end of verse 7, he sought to hear the word of God. Thankfully, there are intelligent people in Nassau who openly or who secretly also want the word of God. There are some intelligent people amongst us, around us, that have that same interest that the pro-council had. They want to know, what is God? Has God anything to say about this? But sometimes they're secret about that curiosity, and other times they're open. But these are motivated persons, and may they be brought in contact by the Holy Spirit with people like you and me who know and love the word of God, are acquainted with it enough that we can help them around in the word of God to find the answers that they are looking for. So be ready. The next point, some resisted the word of God. That's going to happen too. Some resisted the word of God. That's mistrust. Verses 6 through 8. Now when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. There's always people like that. They themselves have shut themselves off to the word of God, but they're not content to just have a personal protest on the word of God. They want to spread disbelief in the word of God for other people. They don't want other people believing in the word of God. It's not enough that they reject the word of God. They make it their hobby to help other people reject the word of God, to sow seeds of doubt, skepticism, agnosticism, atheism, etc. And so it was that this Bar-Jesus, or Elymas, he was a magician. He was a sorcerer. You might say he was a wizard. He's called a Jewish false prophet. So picture this. You've got an intelligent governor who's open and receptive to the word of God, and he's keeping company with a sorcerer or wizard. How, what, what caused that to happen? Well, scriptures don't tell us why they were keeping company, but I wonder if it was something like Elvis Presley near the end of his life, that entourage that followed him around, that was all so eclectic and so crazy, they just, those people just wanted to be around Elvis. I just wonder if this magician is hanging around the pro-council for the same kind of reason. I don't know. The scripture doesn't tell us why they were keeping company, but they were. What scripture does tell us, however, is that this Bar-Jesus swiftly and strongly opposed the word of God getting to the governor. Verse 8 again. But Elymas, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, that is the missionaries, withstood them, that is the people with the message of the word of God, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. The article, the, is important there. It's not just faith. It's the faith. You, you realize you are believing in the faith that's been transmitted along from the New Testament times to 2023. It's the faith. It's a definite kind of faith. It's a defined faith. It's not just faith. 
This magician, sorcerer, wizard wasn't happy that the proconsul, the intelligent man, the Roman governor, wanted to get interested in the faith. And so it says that the sorcerer withstood the missionaries and opposed them. Now, the word of God, of course, is powerful in its light, and it's light that's cast into the darkness, and it always defeats evil, the word of God does. And so Bar-Jesus mistrusted the word of God himself, and he wanted the proconsul to mistrust the word of God also. Maybe he thought that if the proconsul came into the truth as expressed in the word of God, he would lose his job with the proconsul. I'm just speculating. For some reason, though, Bar-Jesus didn't want the proconsul to come to saving faith in Christ. He did not want that. Of course, each of us, from time to time, face those around us who oppose us because they oppose the Bible. They oppose us because we stand with the Bible. They oppose us because we are as narrow as the Bible is narrow, as dogmatic as the Bible is dogmatic. We bow the knee to the Bible, not to personal opinion or to societal sanction. And some people don't like that at all. But just remember, there may be an open governor behind every oppositional wizard you meet. There may be an open governor behind every oppositional sorcerer you meet. The next point, those who resisted the word of God perverted the word of God, and that's manipulation. Verses 9 and 10. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him, that is Bar-Jesus, and said, O full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting, there it is, perverting the straight ways of the Lord. Paul knew that Bar-Jesus, the wizard, the sorcerer, the opponent to the word of God, was twisting the word of God, perverting the word of God, whereas God had laid out plain truth, discernible truth, understandable propositional truth, this Bar-Jesus was twisting it, trying to make crooked what God had revealed that was straight. That's the work of Satan, right? To turn persons away from the faith in Christ and to do that turning away, that twisting and that perversion of Scripture, he uses a few tactics. He's not very creative. Only God is creative. In fact, Satan can't create anything. He can only counterfeit what God has already created. Sex and marriage, that'd be an example. Money. Satan cannot create anything, but he tries to corrupt and counterfeit what God creates. And so what we've got here is we've got an enemy who uses sometimes people like a bar Jesus to turn others who are open to finding out the truth about the faith, which is found in the word of God, and he uses accusations, Lies and murders. That's how Satan works. 
He's an accuser, he's a liar, and he's a murderer. And Christ's apostle here, Paul, in this true account, filled with the Holy Spirit, it says in verse 9, then Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. That means that on that occasion, at that instance in the story, Paul was controlled by the Holy Spirit. By the way, being filled by the Holy Spirit is not the the status of the super spiritual Christian only. If I was to say to you this morning, are you filled by the Holy Spirit, I hope you would say, biblically you understand, yes I am. Pastor, because I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit in my thoughts, in my words, in my deeds. The Holy Spirit's the reason I think what I think, and the Holy Spirit's the reason I refuse to think what I refuse to think. The Holy Spirit is the reason I say what I say, and the Holy Spirit is the reason I refuse to say what I refuse to say. The Holy Spirit is the reason I do what I do, and the Holy Spirit is the reason I don't do what I refuse to do. It's not a superstar Christian only who can say they're filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. It's the normal Christian life. And so on this day, Paul is filled by the Holy Spirit, controlled by the Holy Spirit, so he can sort out what's happening with the magician wizard. And he sees it correctly. And correctly, filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit, Paul attributed to Bar-Jesus the following things. Deceit, fraud, family resemblance to the devil, enemy of righteousness, and perverting or making crooked the Lord's straight ways. Do you know anybody like that? Don't call any names. Do you know anybody like that? Really, if you get to know her, or really if you get to know him, they're full of deceit and fraud. And if you really scratch the surface on that person, they resemble Satan more than they would resemble Jesus. They're at war with righteousness. And covertly or overtly, they manipulate or twist the word of God to pervert it, to make it crooked and to suit their purposes, whereas God has made it straightforward and easy enough to understand. When Rico read the scriptures, one of the things that tells us and reminds us as a congregation is that a young person can understand the Bible. The Bible is a revelation, not a concealment. Do you know anybody like This man in the story who was full of deceit and fraud and wanted to manipulate the word of God and twist and pervert its truth, I can tell you something. Sooner or later, God is going to deal with that person. Sometimes immediately, like in the case of Bar-Jesus, he was blinded immediately. Sometimes later, as as in the father of lies, Satan himself, he's going to be dealt with ultimately in the lake of fire. On we go. Those who perverted the word of God were also judged by God. That's malvolence, not benevolence, malvolence. Look what happened to this Bar-Jesus immediately, verse 11. And now indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you. I love that the apostle points out that this is not a fluke, (laughs) nor is this the power of the apostle. He said, and now the hand of the Lord is upon you and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. I would just like to go unnoticed to say 
that when you oppose the word of God, you oppose God. And when you oppose God, God will oppose you. And the hand of the Lord, we talk about the hand of the Lord, and we know that the hand of the Lord is a hand of blessing, but I'm here to tell you the hand of the Lord can also be the hand of spanking. And I'm here to tell you that there's a holy hostility toward those who would deceive and make fraudulent the word of God. Many of these people stand in pulpits. There's a holy hostility of perverting or twisting or manipulating the word of God. You know, I'm thinking here his career path is that he's a magician. (laughs) He's a sorcerer. I imagine that would be hard to do when you're blind. And so if God didn't stop Bar-Jesus from his sorcery, he sure slowed him down by making him blind. Sometimes God will stop the person who's opposing his word in their tracks, and other times God will just slow them down. But God knows when people oppose his word because they oppose him when they oppose his word. The last point, still with the pro-council, Sergius Paulus, those who believed, those who believed the word of God were amazed by the word of God, and that's marvel. The word of God should never stop causing us to marvel. Many of us have been believers for many years, decades, but never get over the marvel of the word of God. Verse 12. And the proconsul, then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord, being astonished by the message of the missionaries, which was nothing more, nothing else, nothing less than the word of God, this intelligent governor who is seeking truth apprehended truth and he believed. He believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. He believed on the scriptures because when he saw what had been done, the guy that had been traveling around with him doing magic tricks was groping around trying to find how to tie up his own sandals because he was blind. The pro-council believed. Maybe you're here today. God's calling you to believe. Maybe you've come in and, like the intelligent pro-council governor, you've been open to the word of God. You've been coming here perhaps to hear the word of God. I hope so. And as this message has unfolded, you come to the place, the end of this vignette, of a call to believe yourself. A call to bank your time and your eternity on the Bible. That you would come to the conclusion that the God of the word is the God to be trusted for your time on earth and for your time forever in eternity. Maybe you've come to the place when you understand that both there is a word of God and there is a God of the word. 
And maybe this is the morning when you would bow the knee to him and you would say of Jesus, he is Lord, he is Lord, he is risen from the dead and he is Lord. And every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then would you say, and I will bow with all the rest to say he's my Lord. Maybe pray together. Lord, the word of God is the message. The word of God is true because it's given by it the true God. The word of God has the right to dictate our lives because it's authoritative truth. The word of God tells us how to be saved through Jesus Christ. The word of God tells us there's a hell to avoid and a heaven to be gained. I pray for any in the sound of my voice that for the first time are coming to the place of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, who's at the center of the word of God. The Bible is Christocentric. I pray that these would turn from sin and self and Satan to the Savior and be born again. Simple, childlike faith. Lord, may the story of this morning in this sanctuary end as happily as did the story of yesteryear that we've been going through together where the proconsul believed the teaching of the Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.